So good to praise our God, isn't it? So good to praise our God. And this morning, I'm speaking on Psalm 33. And we wrote a song called Hope, Psalm 33, which we're recording in a few weeks. We're doing the song after this message. And this was written out of this psalm. So I'm going to speak on this psalm today, and it's all about a hope in Jesus. And the psalmist wrote it because at the time in in the Old Testament, there wasn't much hope around. Jesus hadn't come yet. We're living under old law. And he wrote this saying there's a hope and a future. And then Jesus came, laid it down the track. And that's what's exciting about this psalm. You can sit down in a minute. It's all right. Sit down now. Yeah, sit down now. It's all good. I'm keeping you up. But it's all good. So thank you, team. Thank you. It was awesome. Great job. Our senior, our lead pastors, I nearly said senior pastors, but um, that lead pastor sounds better. So lead pastors, Ben and Amy Sattler, are away at a wedding today, and that's where they are, and um, having some family time. And then at this week, there's an ACC Key Leaders meeting in Newcastle, which is right where they're at for this wedding. So it worked out perfectly for them to do that. So if they're watching, which I'm sure Benny is, he uh, has FOMO. And so Benny and Amy, it's good to see you this morning. And... Um, Hope you're having a great time up in Newcastle this weekend. The weather is great today. It's great to go to the beach. You know, I was saying to Al the other day, you know, when you get kids, it's kind of that spontaneity doesn't happen as much. But when we first married or when we were dating, a day like today, you'd be like, let's go to the beach after church and do that. So you guys that aren't have kids yet or don't have kids, and feel free to go to the beach today. It's perfect beach day. Perfect beach day. All right, Psalm 33 in the NIV says this, Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright, upright to praise Him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to Him on the ten-stringed lyre. Who owns a ten-stringed lyre? Clive? <laughs> the music man. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all He does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of His unfailing love. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, their starry host by the breath of His mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere Him. For He spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Well, isn't that a great psalm? <laughs> 
Isn't that a great psalm? And it's so, um, this psalm is so important right now because this world, we put our hope in some other things. We put our hope in government. We put our hope in other people. We put our hope in other leaders. And what the psalmist is saying here is don't do that. Put your hope in the Lord. It's not saying that we walk around and we, we don't honor people or we don't be nice to people. It's not saying that. It just says make sure your hope is in Him and Him alone. Not the wealth of the world, not what you can get out of the world, but our hope is in Him. That's where our hope is. And so number one today, it is always the right time to praise the Lord. It is always the right time to praise the Lord. You know, Rach shared about praising and Dan shared about lifting a joyful heart of praise to him this morning. But it's always the right time. Not just Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on the dot when the first note kicks off. It's actually always the right time to lift up a praise to him. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Sing to him a new song, play skillfully and shout for joy. So you might say this morning, well, I can't sing joyfully. I can't do it skillfully. Well, God's not asking for a skill that's like an outward talent. He's asking for a heart of praise, a heart that's, that's open to Him, that's praising Him. That's what God is waiting for. Praise is the natural response for what we have received from Christ. He's putting out the call to sing joyfully. Did you come joyful this morning? Did I come joyful? I'm asking myself the question. Did I walk in here joyful this morning or was thinking about stuff that was happening in the service, thinking about what we were doing and the run sheet? Or did I walk in joyful to be here today? And I hope my answer is yes. I think I'm pretty happy to be here. But are you joyful in being in God's house this morning and bringing some praise? It's always the right time to bring praise to God. Our praise should be spontaneous and fresh, not just what we bought last week or last on Friday. So what new song are you singing today? What new song is on your heart? And I'm not just talking about Spotify and Hillsong and pulling a new playlist up. What's a new song on your heart? Something you're thankful for today. Something you are thankful for. Having a fresh song in your heart will overshadow all of life's difficulties. All of life's difficulties. We all struggle with things in our lifetime. But having a joyful heart overcomes those things. I remember a good friend, Ray Andrews, said to me once, when I was like, you know, I met with him and he does your little, what do you call it, the temperament study thingy. And, um, <laughs> and he would say to me, Tim, you can worry. You can easily worry about things. It's easy for you to just slip into that, slip down into worry and fear. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then after I thought about it, I'm like, no, he's right. And he said, you know, the best thing to overcome worry and fear is to be thankful. It's not a medication. I'm not saying medication's bad, but I'm just saying it's not just that. The best thing to overcome worry and fear is to be thankful. To be thankful about something. And that really changed my life. That when I go down a slope of worry or of fear... That all of a sudden I go, no God, I'm thankful today. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my health. I thank you God that I'm in a blessed country. I thank you Jesus today. The birds are singing. 
What else? What else can we say and be thankful for today that we live in a blessed country? So be thankful. Be thankful today. There's always the right time. It is always the right time to praise our God. Always the right time. Be, th- be thankful for what he has done for us. Who's received a gift before? I think we can all put our hand up and say we've received a gift. Who's received a gift and then we're like, oh, I didn't really like that. Who's brave enough to say it out loud? Oh, okay, there's a few brave people here. My wife's one of those. <laughs> She's not in the room, so I really can't talk about her. But who, have you ever received a gift that was like, wow, that is awesome. Maybe it was like a car. Anyone been gifted a car before? I'm waiting for that day in case anyone wants to just hint, hint. No, no, joking. <laughs> That's awesome if you've been gifted a car. Anyway, a gift that you're just in awe of. A gift that you were like, oh my gosh, they really thought about this. They really thought about what I like. They really thought about my interests. That's really thoughtful of that person. Well, do you know we have something to be thankful for that God has gifted us? There's a number of things. We can be thankful because we have eternal life. Have you thought about that? That we don't go to hell, we actually go to heaven and spend time with him. Isn't that awesome? Yeah? A couple of people? All right. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary, momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So we have something to be thankful for already. Just one thing, I've got a few things to talk about, but the first thing is eternal life. So we give our lives to Jesus and we're thankful already that we have eternal life with him. No more pain, no more sickness. Who's ready for that? Come on, somebody. No more heartache. That's what we've got to look forward to. A new body. Anyone say amen? For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we all groan, longing to be clothed instead instead of our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, this temporary tent, we groan and we're a burden because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by this life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this purpose is God. He has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So you've seen amazing stuff in church in your life, the Holy Spirit in your life, and move in power and the joy, the peace, the grace that's on your life. That's just a deposit. That's just, that's just at the tip of the eye. That's just, that's just not all of it yet. There's more to come. Isn't that so cool? It's a guarantee of what's to come. We've got some number two to be thankful for today. We are thankful because we have forgiveness of sin. The freeing of a person, this is what forgiveness means. The freeing of a person from guilt and its consequences, including punishment, usually as an act of favor, compassion or love, with the aim of restoring a broken relationship. Forgiveness can involve both the remission of punishment and the cancellation of debts. That's what forgiveness means. Just the word forgiveness. Colossians 2 verse 13. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. 
He forgave us all our sins. He cancelled the charge of all our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it all away. He nailed it on the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So we're thankful today that we have forgiveness of sins. I don't know about you. I don't want to live my life without being forgiven. There's that burden you carry. I don't know if you ever feel that sometimes when you've like said something to someone or you've, you've said something, they got really offended, they got really upset. And then that feeling you have inside of you where you feel horrible, where you feel like, oh my gosh, that really hurts me that I've hurt that person. He's cancelled it all. When we're dead in our sin, he has made us alive in Christ. It is good to remind ourselves every day what he has done for us. So one, we have eternal life. Two, we have forgiveness of sin. Three, we are thankful because we have peace. Romans 5 verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We have a peace that has been given to us through the Holy Spirit. We have a peace. Are you thankful today for the gift of peace that he's put on you today? I know I am. Like what I talked about, what Ray's talked to me, I can slip into that worry and that fear. And you get his peace from heaven that just flows in you. When you just surrender to him and go, God, I'm sorry, I'm worried, I'm fearful. God, I just give it to you. And all of a sudden you just feel this, you feel this peace come upon you. And my prayer for you today is if you don't have peace in your heart, that you can have peace in your heart through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. So what are we thankful for today, church? There's plenty to be thankful for. We have a joy in our heart. So it's not just singing, like I said, it's not just singing a Hillsong song to be joyful. We can bring those three things of thankfulness and that brings us joy. We have joy in God because of we have eternal life. We have joy in God because we're forgiven. And we have joy in God because of his peace that rests upon all of us. Amen, somebody. Come on, Sister Mary. You're the best encourager when you're preaching. Some people fall asleep, but Mary's encouraging from the back row. Come on, somebody. The Lord is dependable. Psalm 33, verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. The eyes of the Lord on those who fear him. The Lord is dependable today. You know how I know God is dependable? Because I've experienced that. I've personally, my testimony right now is I've experienced the dependability of God. 
Well, he's been there for me. He's been there for you. Not a king, not an army, not a warrior, but God has been there for me. And our hope is in him. We can try and find our hope in kings. Has that worked out for anyone lately? No. I want to, I want to speak to you what it really means to fear God today. You know, we talk about fear and it's, it's like a contrasting psalm here where we talked about joy and now we're talking about fear. It's like, what is going on here? What is the psalmist writing? But I want to give you what it actually means by fear in this scripture. Fear can be two, there's two types of fear. There's worldly fear, anxiousness, fear of people, abandonment, loss of identity, loss of meaning, loss of purpose, fear of death, fear of sickness and pain. Worldly fear has the tendency to affect us, not in a good way. It causes panic, anxiousness, depression, sickness, terror, and being really afraid. That's what worldly fear does. Jesus Christ, by his atoning death, resurrection, and heavenly intercession for believers, is the liberator of worldly fear. So he's liberated worldly fear. So that's one type of fear that he's come and he's liberated that. But there's another type of fear, which is godly fear. A reverential awe. This is the meaning and the biblical idea of the fear of God. So when we talk about the fear of God, you know, the old school saying was, make sure you fear him, he watches every move. Like he's got lightning and he's just going to go, when you say that bad thing or whatever. But it actually doesn't mean that. It actually means we have a personal awareness of the awesomeness and the majestic sovereignty of God. It's impossible to have a meaningful faith without a fear of God. So let's take those two fears. It's not talking about fear as in trembling fear, looking down going, oh, he's going to smite me. It's not that. It's a godly fear of awe, majestic awe of God. We've already been liberated by the fear of man and life in general. We must never lose our sense of the awesomeness of God. Such awareness not only leads to true wisdom, but also provides direction for us as Christians throughout our life. A real fear of God. A fear of God. It's an, it's an awareness. It's like, a, oh my gosh. It's being aware every single day that he's there for us. That's what the fear of God means. The holy fear is actually a, very, is actually a source of joy. It's actually a fountain of life. The fear of the Lord is more valuable than every greatest material riches in the world. The fear of the Lord is greater than that. You could get millions of dollars. And everyone's probably thinking, oh, I wouldn't mind that. But you know, the fear of the Lord is better than that because of the wisdom he gives us. How many people have you heard have won the lotto, lottery and they've just, they're unhappy or they, you read stories about $50 million and they've lost it and spent it all? There's so many stories about that. So true wisdom comes from the fear of God, not from what we get out of this life in the world because the Lord takes pleasure in those who hold him in high regard. Proverbs 15 says this, verse 16, Better is a little fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Better is a little fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Godly fear is putting him first in everything we do. Do we follow and live out the word of God? Acknowledge that he is above everything. The Lord is dependable for those who fear him. He is dependable for those who fear him. 
Isn't that cool? When I was studying this, I was like, oh my gosh, how true is it that the fear of God, we've kind of misread that for so many years. That we've, and we've preached it, we've heard sermons on it, that you can't do this, don't do this, don't do that. Fear of God, he's watching, he's watching, he's watching. Absolutely, there's consequences from sin, but the fear of the Lord is an awareness of how good he is, how big he is. That's actually what it really means. And number three today, God's people trust in him. God's people trust in him. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. As we put our hope in you. So three ways we work out our faith is we wait in hope. He is our help and our shield today. Here's your help and our shield. This is actually the little bit of scripture that we wrote the chorus out of for the song, which we're going to do after this, was out of this passage. We wait in hope for the Lord. He's our help and our shield. He brings deliverance for us who wait on him. He's our shield. When the psalm was written, a shield was a protective piece of armor. And the soldier or servant who carried the shield, it, was a, it protected them. In Ephesians 6, when it talks about the armor of God, it says, addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So how do we have a strong faith? We need to carry our shield. And when the arrows get thrown, shot at, and you've got the shield up, that's the start of our faith. We wait in hope He's our help and our shield. Some, what are some arrows today that we face? Temptations, fear, bitterness, anger, division. But the shield can extinguish them all. You know that the shield is the first piece of armor that the soldiers actually carried that protected all the other armor. Think about it. When they lifted their shield up, what did it do? It protected all the other armor they had. It protected everything. So put the shield up. Number two, we rejoice in Him. Rejoice in this text means to be glad, to be joyful, to be happy. And so when we actually say, hey church, are you happy to be here today? Are you happy to be in God's house? It's actually not just a happy clappy thing to be like, let's put on our smiling face, we're in a Pentecostal church. It actually is biblical to be joyful, to actually make yourself smile, make yourself be happy. Sometimes it's like that stirring up inside of you to go, I'm not going to just walk in here today and be like, everything's falling in around me. Jesus, help me. I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to walk in and be like, God, I'm happy to be here today. I'm happy to worship you in your house. In the car, when you put the worship music on and you hear you have an argument or there's something going on or there's craziness at work and you get in your car and you put worship on, you go, God, I'm going to live joyful today. That's what the scripture is talking about. That's how we have a strong faith. We trust in his holy name. And the last one, to live a strong, faithful life. We pray that his unfailing love rests on us. We pray that His unfailing love would rest on us. His unfailing love is loyalty, faithfulness, goodness, graciousness, 
When those four things rest on you, you're having a pretty peaceful life. When His loyalty is on you, His faithfulness on you, His goodness is upon you, His graciousness is upon you. So even as we put our hope in Him, our trust in Him, His unfailing love is resting on us today. In Jesus' name. So why don't the team come up? We did this song last week, but we're going to do it again this week. We're actually, we're actually, this is one of the songs we're recording in a few weeks' time. A hope and a trust. And He is our shield. He is your shield today. In Jesus' name. Why don't we stand and I'll pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, today we thank you that you're our God of hope. We thank you, God, that you are our shield. You are our strength. That you are super dependable. We thank you, Father, today that your graciousness rests on us. Your faithfulness rests on us today. Your goodness, your mercy is resting on us today. We give you praise today. We're thankful today. We have joy in our hearts today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Father. Thank you, God. Why don't we just lift our hands right now? This is not just a religious thing. This is a sign of surrender. And why don't you personally, without me talking, why don't you just personally thank God for something today? What are you thankful for?